Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google, pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. Hey guys, I've got a fun topic for us to talk about today. Let's talk about chocolate chip cookies. Did you think you just clicked on the wrong podcast episode maybe? You're like, am I on a baking or cooking podcast? What is going on? Now, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while or you've attended one of my live workshops or you're in the professional development membership, I kind of tend to say the same things over and over because they're really important. And sometimes I've got my own little weird sayings or twist on it. Now, you've maybe heard me say this before, and it's one of my little Sasha sayings, that you need to be a chocolate chip cookie. Now, let me explain what that means if you haven't heard me say this before. You and your classroom need to become a reinforcer. Now, to me, Chocolate chip cookies are definitely a reinforcer. I would eat a chocolate chip cookie every day for breakfast if it wasn't unhealthy and not a good idea. If someone said, do you want celery or a chocolate chip cookie? You better believe I'm picking chocolate chip cookie every day. So your goal is that you and your classroom embrace that. You are a chocolate chip cookie. You are the best thing ever. Heck yeah, I'll take hanging out with my teacher. Heck yeah, I'll take going to my classroom because it's that amazing. That's your goal. That's what you want to embrace is being a chocolate chip cookie. So now why do we need to do that? Why do we need to be as amazing as a freshly baked, very delicious chocolate chip cookie? This is where we want to start from. 
everything will be easier from teaching academics to creating independent adults to decreasing negative behaviors. Everything's easier if you can start there. If you can establish you as the teacher and your classroom as a reinforcer and a reinforcing place to be, everything is going to go more smoothly within your school year. Because you want your praise and your attention to be a reinforcer, right? When your student does something great and you say, great job, you want that to be reinforcing. It might not be a reinforcer yet, but that doesn't mean we're not going to get there. Praise and attention are naturally occurring reinforcers, and that's a goal we might have for some of our kids, that we want to move towards naturally occurring reinforcers. In the real world, in the community, when, some, when you do something good, people sometimes tell you, good job or cool shirt or great work on that. And for a lot of us, praise and that attention is a reinforcer. You can probably remember the last time your administrator or your principal said something really nice to you or about you in front of you. Like, oh my gosh, Miss Thomas, she is the best. Her classroom is so great. She is an expert at managing behaviors. You should see her room. You probably remember that, right? That praise, that attention that you got from your administrator made you want to work harder, made you want to do more, made you want to make sure that they saw you all the time for that hardworking rock star that you are. That's what we want to have with our kids. We want to, when we say good job, we want them to be like, oh man, I want to do that again so I can be told good job again. We want praise and attention to be a reinforcer because it is naturally occurring. It's going to happen from other people besides just us. So we want that to become established as a reinforcer. Candy, iPad, Slinky, time in the sensory room is not a naturally occurring reinforcer. That's fine if we're using it now, but we do want to have that goal to work towards praise and attention being a reinforcer. We also want our classroom to be a chocolate chip cookie. We want our classroom to be a place our kids want to be. This is huge because if you're dealing with the reverse of this, that your classroom is not a place your kids want to be, there's going to be a struggle every day, right? And if you've had one of those experiences, you're like nodding your head. You're like, "Uh uh-huh. Now, this can take time to accomplish. In a few minutes, we're going to talk about how to accomplish this chocolate chip cookie feat. But we want our classrooms to establish that reinforcing nature as well. That just being there, just being part of the schedule, being part of the day, being part of the group is reinforcing enough. This can be really, really helpful because then sometimes we don't have to add in those contrived reinforcers because just completing the schedule, completing the task, being a part of the group is reinforcing on its own. There's no need to add anything out extra. Also, a little side benefit of this on the reverse is that any removal of that attention from the teacher or of that being a part of the classroom is really aversive, right? So if you remove attention, you remove praise, or you remove a child from being a part of that group, that can be very punishing and can cause a change in in behavior. And now that might sound harsh, but that's naturally occurring. Let's think about you and your job. If you stopped doing the things required of you in your job, you, you stopped showing up to work, you stopped being on time, you stopped dressing appropriately, you stopped taking data, you stopped, you know, teaching your kids, 
what would happen? You would for sure lose praise and attention from your administration, right? And you also might might lose being a part of your faculty and your school community. You might get put on probation or something kind of worse like that. I mean, God forbid you got fired. There's a removal from that group when you don't participate in the behaviors that are expected. Well, same thing in our classrooms. If our students are no longer exhibiting positive behaviors and the behaviors that are expected from our classroom, yeah, there could be a removal of attention and a removal from being a part of the group. Now, that only works if being a part of the group and your attention is a chocolate chip cookie. It's reinforcing. It's awesome. I've shared this story a few times about a student I had a long, long time ago. And like, you know how we never have favorite students, but like he was one of my favorites. He was such a typical, typical teenager in so many ways. And I just kind of was was here for it because he came to me with very limited language, with a lot of um, negative behaviors that were really prohibitive, prohibitive to him learning and and engaging in academic tasks and social skills and things like that. And we made a ton of progress. His language really, really exploded. And man, was I a chocolate chip cookie to him. And the classroom was a chocolate chip cookie to him. He was, it was so reinforcing for him to be part of the classroom and to be near me to the point where we had to make a little visual of whenever I went to the bathroom, I had to move my a little blonde head, like a little board maker picture and say, Miss Halligan's going to the bathroom. I'll be right back because he got very upset when I left the room and the classroom and my attention was so reinforcing that any small removal of my attention or him being part of the group was extremely aversive and I talked about this story in my timeout episode that I'll link in the show notes first of all timeout only works when time in is awesome which means time in is a chocolate chip cookie With him, we had a high rate of we called verbal aggressive behaviors. And when I say high rate, it was like over three to four hundred times a day, like super, super frequent. So really caused an impact on him attending to his IP goals, inclusion, things like that. So he would say, you know, shut up, F you, get out of my face, things like that. Because when you teach a teenager to talk, those behaviors are going to come, right? But then we got to have to teach the skill of discrimination, where and when. You don't get to te- tell someone, shut, out, shut up, get out of my face, whatever you want, without there being consequences. So I always say there's like no magic wand kind of thing. Well, this intervention was one of those ones that proved me wrong. It almost seemed like a magic wand. With him, we did a three strike to timeout policy because we saw that his behaviors were definitely attention maintained. We did that proactive. Um, You know, we did our FBA. And if you took my behavior change course this summer, you know all about all this stuff. We did our FBA. It was attention maintained. Timeout only works with attention maintained behaviors. Well, we did a three strike to timeout and his timeout when he got one was about 30 seconds where he had to stand outside of the classroom. So it was not long. It was very, very brief. But because the classroom and because my attention was so reinforcing that that brief removal of attention, just standing outside the classroom for 30 seconds, not being a part of his schedule, not being with his group, it was so aversive to him that we did the three strikes. We used a little visual. He only needed two timeouts and he never said more than two verbal aggressive statements in one day, literally ever again. Like I tell you, there's no magic wands, but it seemed like this was a magic wand because that quick removal was so aversive to him he was like no no I don't want to do that so the second he would get his lose his second strike he was just like okay I won't and 
this was so huge for him because when we removed over 500, 400 instances of verbal aggression a day, we could fill all that time with working on reading, working on social skills, playing games, um, working on life skills. There were so many things we were able to do once that negative behavior was removed. It really just like, I mean, it was like floodgates opening as far as like academic progress we were able to make. And all of that was possible because me in the classroom were a chocolate chip cookie. And it made that brief removal of that extremely effective. And I love telling this story because whenever I share the little three strike to timeout picture, I always have to tell this story. But the, the last part of the story is that since it works so well at home, I decided to make one and send one home to mom. So I sent one home to mom, explained how to use it. And she called me the next day and said on the way home, she pulled it out in the car because, of course, he was using these, you know, same the same type of language at home. She pulled it out in the car and took a strike away when he said one of these things. And he goes, oh, shit, you too. <laughs> and I just oh, my gosh, I die thinking about that still. This is like 15 years later, because first of all, like how appropriate, like, oh, my, yeah, he's probably like, oh, come on. Like and he just that when he clicked that connection of like, man, mom and my teacher talk like it was just priceless so she was like um yeah i'm gonna need like 10 more of these because i have to put it in every person every save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Room in my house and in the car. So that's a little, that's a whole other tidbit there, right? If something works really well, you send one home to mom and dad. So this is why becoming that chocolate chip cookie is so, so important. So let's get to the question I know you all have. How do we do this? How do you become a chocolate chip cookie? How do you establish yourself and your classroom as a reinforcer? I thought this was a perfect time to talk about this as we approach the new school year because this is your only goal in the start of the school year. IEP goals can wait. All of the other stuff can wait. This is your focus. This is your IEP goal is to become a chocolate chip cookie and you can throw a crazy mastery criteria on there if you want. So how we do this, number one, we want low demands, okay? We want to keep things easy. We're not asking for hard things yet because right now our goal is not to increase academic skills or is not to, to teach a new skill. Those are things that are hard. Right now, our goal is to establish ourselves in and our classroom as a reinforcer. So demands need to be low because our goal is not teaching something new and hard right? Our goal is that establishing ourselves as a reinforcer. Now that might sound like straightforward. Okay, keep demands low. We're not going to like bring out a new IP goal. But I want you to think about what is a demand for our kids. Because sometimes we might be placing demands on our kids without meaning to or even knowing this. Now I see this happen a lot during natural environment teaching and play-based instruction. When a very well-intentioned teacher, paraprofessional, clinician, parent is playing with their child and they're trying to just play, 
But unintentionally, they're putting a lot of demands on their kid. And they're putting social demands by asking a lot of questions and asking that student to kind of pull away from what they're doing by, you know, not engaging in what they want to be doing. So let's give you an example here. So let's say there's a young child and he's playing with blocks and he's stacking them and he's knocking them over and he's lining them up and making towers, whatever. And we're going to go play and we're going to think, okay, we're going to work on being that chocolate chip cookie. We're going to work on pairing. We're going to go play blocks with them. So we sit down and the teacher in us can't help ourselves, right? So we're like, oh, cool blocks. Look at this. Ooh, what color is this block? Hey, can you share your block with me? Can you put a block up here? Oh no, where do my blocks go? Can you help me find more? And we're unintentionally putting demand after demand after demand because we're asking questions. We're asking for a response that maybe that kid doesn't want to engage in. They don't want to name the colors of the blocks. They don't want to practice sharing with you. They're just trying to play with their dang blocks. Leave you, leave them alone. Instead, what we could do there is to follow their lead and we can, we can talk, we can engage in comments, but think about how asking questions, how asking for a response that they might not be wanting to give can be a demand in that moment. Think about the last time you watched a show or a movie that you were really excited about and you were watching it with someone, maybe it was your spouse or your roommate. Like you can probably think of who, which person in your life does this. And that person keeps asking questions. They're like, wait, wait, where, where is she from? Wait, why is she mad at her? Wait, how come they went to the store together? And you like keep doing that like obnoxious thing where you like pause the show and you do the dramatic look over like you're like trying to give them a message like, shut up, I'm trying to watch this. And you're like, well, she's mad because in last week's episode, blah, blah, because that you don't want that demand right now, right? You're just trying to enjoy the show. You're not trying to explain it to someone else. So you want to think about that for things like play-based instruction and for things like pairing and becoming a reinforcer is just what really is a demand for our kids to make sure you can remove that completely. So within this process of establishing yourself as a reinforcer or pairing, as it's often called, one phrase that always sticks with me is be the giver of all things good. Be the giver of the blocks. Be the giver of the iPad. Be the giver of the treat. Don't let kids go get it on yourself. They have to come to you to get it. So to get anything awesome, they've got to go through you first because that's going to really start to establish you as someone reinforcing like, hey, this person gives me all kinds of awesome things. This person is great. I want to go to this person more often. So give the reinforcer. I'm going to link the episode in from my podcast from a few weeks ago of how to identify, actually it's from almost a year ago at this point, of how to identify reinforcers because that is something hugely, hugely important. I did a webinar on that last spring. If you were in my behavior change course, we talked about that a ton in my professional development membership, we talk a lot about reinforcement and what that is because you want to be able to start to figure that out during that pairing process. So some things you can do to establish your classroom as a reinforcer might not be what you think. So you might think like, oh, let's just have like free for all playtime all, all day and that will be great. Whereas actually I've found in my experience that sometimes the opposite of that is true. 
So what's reinforcing for a lot of our kids is predictability and routine and knowing what's coming next. So I think the more you can make your classroom predictable and routine based, which hopefully you're already there, the better. So that's what you can start to do in the start of the year is have that predictable routine. It's not a free for all. You're starting to establish and teach that schedule, teach that, hey, we go to these places in this order and this is what we do. But in within that routine, the demands are really low. Within that routine, the things that you're doing at your centers, at your stations, at the places the child is going, they're fun. They're reinforcing. There's something the child likes to do. So this really accomplishes two things here. It's one, going to make the classroom more reinforcing because the student knows what to do and what's coming. But also, you're going to start to teach that schedule. So a mantra I've had for the past few years is the start of the year is about R&R, not rest and relaxation, routines and reinforcement. So it's about that chocolate chip cookie, that reinforcement, but it's also about those routines. And when you do this well, you're you're killing two birds with one stone. You're accomplishing this at the same time. So by starting to establish a predictable routine, not only is that going to decrease the anxiety level of your kids and make your classroom be more reinforcing of, I know what's coming when I get here. There's no surprises. I know what's to be expected. But you're also starting to teach that routine that you'll be utilizing throughout the whole school year. Okay. So your goal for the start of the year, remember, it's not getting every IEP goal in by the first week of school. It's not getting an assessment done with every single kid by the end of day one. Your goal is chocolate chip cookie. And if you have to go buy yourself a box of chocolate chip cookies and sit it on your desk to remind yourself of that, do you. That sounds delicious and like a great plan. Remind yourself that every day my goal is is to be a chocolate chip cookie. Talk about this with your team. Our goal right now is not teaching new skills. It's being a chocolate chip cookie. And they'll look at you like you're crazy. You're like, what are you talking about? And then you're gonna have to go through and explain it all. But it's okay, explain it all. Explain the process of pairing. Explain the process of establishing yourself and your team and your classroom as a reinforcer. And most importantly, explain why that's important. With working with our teams, you've heard me say this many times, it's so important to explain the why behind something. Last week, we talked about communication skills and how important that is. And that really lines up with being precise and specific is giving the why. Why why do we have to remove demands right now? Why are we just letting them play with bubbles at Morning Circle? Well, this is why. So go through and explain those steps so your team can get on board with this as well. Because if this is something you can accomplish at the start of the school year, that you, your team, your classroom are all reinforcers and a reinforcing place to be, you are going to have an amazing school year. If you would have told me a few years ago that my favorite part of my job is getting up in front of sometimes a few hundred people and giving a presentation on data or behavior academics, I would have thought you were crazy. I did not always like public speaking. Actually, to be totally honest, public speaking was something I used to be pretty afraid of. But now it's literally my favorite part of my job. I love being in a room of my people, of the special ed world, teachers and parents and clinicians, 
and everyone that's on the front lines that's working so hard for our students to give them the best opportunities and the best classroom experience. I love being in a room of everyone that understands how hard this job can be, but also how amazing it is and how important those little victories are on a daily basis. When I do a PD, my goal is to bring value. I wanna bring action items, ideas and strategies that you can do tomorrow in your classroom. I have sat through too many professional developments that either didn't apply to me or were too hypothetical and philosophical. And my special ed heart always wanted to know, what do I do next? What do I do tomorrow? If you are interested in learning more about how I can come to your school to do a professional development, please visit theautismhelper.com backslash speaking. There's a contact form as well as a lot of information about all of the different sessions I give. I'm happy to answer any questions and work with your school district. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum. Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.